Welcome to Inside Personal Growth Podcast. Deep dive with us as we unlock the secrets to personal development, empowering you to thrive. Here, growth isn't just a goal, it's a journey. Tune in, transform, and take your life to the next level by listening to just one of our podcasts. Welcome back to Inside Personal Growth. This is Greg Voice and the host of Inside Personal Growth. And joining us from Point Loma, California, actually San Diego, it's just a kind of a suburb, but it's a real popular one, is Alexandra Watkins. And the book is Hello, My Name is Awesome, How to Create Brand Names That Stick. Alexandra, how are you today? I'm great. It's nice to see you again. It's like nice to hear you say Point Loma, and it's great that we've met in person here. Yeah, we actually got to meet in person. That doesn't happen often with me because my guests come from all over the world, but it's a pleasure having you here. I want to say something. This particular book is the completely revised and updated book with new tools, triumphs, and train wrecks, as she said. So, and it does have lots of tools in it for you. So this is uh, an option for my listeners. Also, she's got free mini classes. Her website is eatmywords.com. There, there's a test a name. Uh, there's a, a pet tab about her services. You can contact her. Also, her course and her free mini master classes, which I'm going to encourage my listeners to go up and check out. But do check out eatmywords.com. Uh, that's a great place. So, uh, Alexandra, let me tell tell them a little about you. She's the chief executive boss lady at Eat My Words, uh, is a leading and outspoken authority on brand names. Uh, her breakthrough creativity book, Hello, My Name is Awesome, the one we're going to talk about, is considered the brand name Bible and was named a top 10 marketing book by Inc. Magazine. Uh, since 2004, uh, she has and her firm created Love at First Sight brand names for clients from Amazon to Xerox. Her own name Hall of Fame includes Wendy's Baconator, uh, the Nitro Robotic Vacuum, Smitten Ice Cream, Spanish Language, and Gringo Lingo Frozen Yogurt Franchise, and Spoon Me, and Church of Cupcakes. I love that one. Um Prior to Eat My Words, she was an advertising copywriter working at leading West Coast ad agencies, including Ogilvy and Mather, where she worked for five years, helping launch Microsoft Windows and learning the language of geek speak. In the mid-90s, she jumped onto the dot-com gravy and rode the train until it crashed uh, on her in San Francisco, in her backyard in San Francisco. Um, so in her free time, she's very creative. Um, she's imaginative, succulent arranger in unexpected containers. And I've been to her house, so I can tell you she's got them all over. Uh, but there's more about her at her own website. So again, just go to eatmywords.com and check it out. Well, let's get into the book. Um, all of our listeners out there have many of them, her own businesses or work for a company, have gone through you know, branding exercises and changes. Tell our listeners a little bit about yourself. I mean, I skipped a bunch because your bio was a lot bigger than that. And how you became so well-known in the art of branding. Why was it that, you know, you got this accolade for being like Inc. Magazine's top book plus the, the one that would help somebody name their company? 
Well, my background is I was an advertising copywriter for a very long time. And every once in a while, I would get thrown a bone and get to name something. And I loved it. And I was really good at it. So when I found out that naming was actually a profession, which I did not know, I switched gears and became a namer. And how I made a name for myself is I realized pretty quickly when I was freelancing for all of these other naming firms that naming firms do names that are based on, you know, Latin linguistics. They're not really conceptual. And in advertising, I was used to making ads that made strong emotional connections with people. So I realized there was a, a, a gap that needed to be filled, uh, a naming firm that would do names that made people smile instead of scratch their head. So that's what Eat My Words does. So yeah, like with the Wendy's Baconator or Spoon Me Frozen Yogurt or the Spanish language school Gringo Lingo, those are all names that make people smile. And that's what we're known for. Yeah, and you and you have so many really great examples of the work that you've done. Um, and I and I want to say you mentioned in this book that your first book was published in 2014, um, and that this newly revised edition has a lot more ways of brainstorming tools, or a lot more brainstorming tools, and that you made significant modifications to what you call your 12-point name evaluation and at the website you've got take a name test or test a name could you tell the listeners a little bit more about the tools and how they might use them um, to basically create a new brand for their business sure well that's the tool the smile and scrub well uh the free mini master class can help you if you go under um course naming course You'll learn about the course, and I think there's just some free. We'll be we're changing everything on the website right now. There should be some free lessons, a mini masterclass you can do. So that will help kind of teach you how to create better names. But the smile and scratch test, uh, where on the homepage you just click on test a name, that's where you can. That's the twelve point name evaluation test. It's been featured in the Wall Street Journal and used by, you know, tens of thousands of people to evaluate their name. So SMILE is an acronym for the five qualities that make a name awesome. And SCRATCH is the flip side when uh, they're all the deal breakers. So I always say, if it makes you scratch your head, scratch it off the list. So the acronym SMILE stands for, the S stands for suggestive. You want your name to suggest a positive brand experience, right? Don't make people guess, don't be ambiguous. The M stands for memorable. What makes a name memorable is if it's based, if it's something that already exists in our knowledge base. So for instance, the bike lock company, Kryptonite. We all know Kryptonite from Superman. We see the correlation. Hey, if Kryptonite is repelling Superman, then Kryptonite bike locks is going to repel bike thieves. So that's like a, a memorable name that is a great metaphorical name. The I. I, I stands for <laughs> imagery. So like kryptonite, right? That's great imagery. You you hear it, you see it, you totally picture Superman, like, ah. Oh. So yeah, so you want your name to have imagery because if, if people hear your name, 
and they can picture something in their head, it's going to be easier for them to recall it later. Okay. Now, what, let me ask you a question while we're in the middle. We're in SMI. Now we have L and E, but I do want to throw one at you. You know, you've, you've been mentioning a lot about coming up with this, and kryptonite is, is the reason I say this. When somebody does this, and, and there was a question I had, we might as well get to it now. When you go to get a domain name or you find out that somebody else has the kryptonite thing, um, what is it that you tell people to iteratively to do? I mean, you obviously say don't give up. There's other ways to change the name. If this is you're like, well, I got to have kryptonite. No, you don't have to have it because... Legally, you're going to get a cease and desist from somebody who's already got it, right? Um, what What do you find in that arena as far as... Well, Greg, I don't think everybody knows not to give up. A lot of people do give up. A lot of people start looking for a name. They just start on GoDaddy. And, like, that's the last thing we do is look for domain names. So, yeah, if Kryptonite's not available, because, you know, and it wouldn't be because the bike lock right. company or, or somebody yeah. else has it, who knows? Um, we just say add a modifier. So, you know, kryptonite locks would be a really easy modifier. Um, if so, there's a lot of creative workarounds with domain right. names. So, for right. instance, we were naming a popcorn gourmet popcorn store pop psychology. We couldn't get the domain name. So we used the tagline, which was crazy for popcorn. Um, oh, so that, my favorite one is a gourmet. It's a smoked turkey a mail order turkeys right and it's name the company is called greenberg smoked turkeys you know not a clever name or anything family name but their domain name is unforgettable and it's gobblegobble.com oh that's a good one that's a yeah. really good one well no. let me continue let me have you continue on for the listeners we were okay. at smil yeah so the l and smile for them one second I have a bit of a cold. The L in smile stands for legs. And legs means that you can extend your brand through wordplay, right? So an example is, uh, let me think, Jimmy Buffett, um, God rest his soul, has, uh, you know, he's licensed his name to a number of things. And one of them is a retirement community um, and it's a big chain for uh, 55 plus and it's called Latitude Margaritaville, right? So we know Margaritaville from Jimmy Buffett's songs. So, and his changes in latitude, right? So um, the street names are like Tiki Terrace. Um, uh, one is, uh, I think Salt Shaker Way. He has, uh, there's the post office is called the Coconut Telegraph. Uh -huh. The gym is called Fins Up. The dog park is called Barcaritaville. <laughs> so that's a name with legs, right? Eat my words, my company. You know, we have a new value menu. We, uh, our blog is called The Kitchen Sink. We have packages like, oh, our new packages names are really cute. They're um, small fry. So these are for like, you know, really, you know, bootstrapping entrepreneurs. Small fry fun size and snack pack. Uh -huh. So, you know, those are really fun, evocative, memorable, and they all tie into eat my words, right? Food and beverage. Mm -hmm. So that's why a name with legs, it's, it's hard to do, but if you have one, you're golden. 
and uh, your employee, your uh, customers love it too because they'll come up with ideas for you. So um, Al, what's the E for? E stands for emotional. Your name has to make an emotional connection with your target or it's going to go right over their head. So yeah, you want, so that's why if you can have a name that makes people smile, you know, that's a great emotion to have, right? That's really one of the best emotions to have is making someone smile. And that yeah. triggers something in our brain that's going to, you know, it's, it's that little jolt of dopamine, right? We all want that. So that's smile. Well, that's a good one. I always wonder, and you probably know more about these, but I want you to talk to the listeners. You mentioned some memorable domain names. You were just talking about some of them that people had as a result of creative workarounds, which you mentioned even before when we run into a roadblock or we don't want to give up. Can you speak with us about getting a domain name and how not to get hung up on the one that we want if it's not available? Yeah, well, let me tell everybody this that will make, I think, people feel better. For the first 13 years that Tesla was in business, their domain name was not Tesla.com. So if you had gone to Tesla.com, you would have seen a very ominous looking screen that said, this site is owned by GandhiNet. Now, if you were in the market for Tesla, what would you do? Would you give up? Like, eh, can't find it. No, you just... You just go to your browser, go to Google, and type in another word with Tesla. Tesla cars, test drive a Tesla, you know, whatever, Tesla showroom. And boom, you would you would see Tesla. You click on it. You're there. Have you even noticed what the domain name is? No. Do you care? No. Are you not going to buy a Tesla because they don't own Tesla.com? No. Mm. So if... Tesla was able to be wildly successful with teslamotors.com was their domain name, then you can do the same. Facebook for until 2010 was thefacebook.com. Basecamp and Dropbox both had, both had millions of users and their domain names were respectively Basecamp HQ and Get Dropbox. So yeah them let the roadblock stop them they just added a word and sometimes companies they then they come around they get the money they pony it up and they buy it but other times they don't and you don't nobody expects anyone to own an exact match domain name anymore very good that's great advice it really is i mean because I know there's a lot of people that come up with these brainstorming great ideas and then they go look on Google and they go, oh, crap, it's already taken by somebody or somebody wants, you know, yeah. $10,000 for it, whatever. They're asking for the domain name. I get that. Um, yeah. It, can I just tell everyone, if you want to see, like, how bad it is out there, go to a website called Brand Bucket. They sell their aftermarket domain names and they're hideously bad. They're terrible, but that's all that's left, you know, and, and they're, they're not real words. And if they are real words, they don't make any sense mashed together. So yeah, that's all that there is. Just add a modifier word, make your name a name that people can spell, pronounce and remember that. Yeah. And no one cares about your domain name. They, they really don't. That's great. That was a great story about Tesla, too, because I just bought one in December. I don't remember typing in Tesla or whatever. I just typed in 
test drive Tesla, like you said, and it's going to yeah. take you where you need to go. So yeah. I think people need to remember that. Now you, you speak in the book with about creative brief. Um, and I don't think a lot of people listening here know what a creative brief is, but somebody like you in advertising is, what is it? Why should we do this before we start uh, to brainstorm the name? A creative brief is your roadmap. So a lot of people start brainstorming by, you know, they're having a glass of wine with their friend or they are in a conference room sitting at, you know, look, sitting in a white room, staring at a whiteboard is not how colorful ideas materialize. Right. So the first thing you want to do is spell out a creative brief. So you have some type of, so you have a something you can check back with to make sure does your name fit your strategy and your goals? So mm -hmm. the brief is going, and the brief is in my book, by the way. <clears throat> and it's also, if you do my course, you get the brief. Um, the brief is, uh, it will ask you for, you know, the background of your company. Um, what tone and personality do you want for your brand and name? You know, do you want a name that's playful? Do you want a name that's more serious? So it will ask you that. Um, what are, tell us about your target audience. Does he want to be aware of them? Um, and you want a name that resonates with them. You know, we talked about making an emotional connection. It's really important that your audience gets your name. Um, you know, people want to feel clued in, not clueless. So the brief will ask you to write an acid test sentence where you use your name in the sentence. So you're going to be doing things like that in that way. And also when you start brainstorming, you can look to your brief for words to start brainstorming with. You know, they're not going to be your name, but if you were naming, um, you know, a new bike lock like kryptonite and you were, you know, security, you know, secure was a word in your brief, you could look up metaphors for security, right? You might see Fort Knox. So things like that. So right. yeah, that's what a brief can help you with. And you, you absolutely, I can never start a project without a brief. You know, it, you were mentioning earlier over a bottle of wine or people in a whiteboard room or whatever. And you're saying that, you know, that isn't really where you should go to do this. What are some of the secrets for brainstorming and how can we create the best name if we're alone? In other words, we're just, hey, we're an entrepreneur come up with an idea and we want to brainstorm we're not going to take it to a lot of friends we're not going to have bottles of wine with joe and mary and bob to do the name how can i prepare myself to get into this creative state of mind that i need to be in to actually do some brainstorming around a name well fill out your creative brief so you have some somewhere to start <clears throat> and then just you know Look, go to a thesaurus, right? Like if you were looking up the word secure, go to a thesaurus. If you get the book, there's tons of brainstorming exercises. My course is like my book on steroids and technicolor. There's way more brainstorming lessons in there. But you will, you know, do things like, you know, one trick I do is I look at stock photos. So, you know, if I was looking up, Security, for instance, I could look at stock photos, like what are some images that are coming up? Um, you know, thesaurus, uh, ChatGPT really sucks for names right now, um, but it could help you kick off your brainstorming by giving you other words to explore. 
yeah, you know, I use rhyming dictionaries, right? I was naming a, a you know, the frozen yogurt store, spoon me. I look, they, the client really liked the word yo. And so I looked up yo and I saw, you know, I came up with Joe yo and Chacho yo. So yeah, do not discount a rhyming dictionary. Um, the one I use is called Rhyme Zone. So Rhyme Zone. Like, yeah. That's a good, that's a good uh, hint for people. You know, I know that in the past when I've done it, the most creative space I've been in by myself was exactly what you said. I actually picked up a thesaurus and I used the thesaurus to stimulate my brain to actually come up with some creative names. Um, what's your sense about testing these names once you get them? In other words, hey, I want to take these out to my group of friends. I want to see what they think. You know, there's always going to be doomsayers out there, but what do you feel about no. testing a name? Not a fan. No. Right. <laughs> no namers a fan. No, what what happens when you show names to people, whether it's a survey monkey or you're asking someone, you know, what do you think of this new name? <clears throat> what they hear is, what don't you like about this name? When you ask someone for their opinion, it's an invitation to criticize. So instead, run your name through the smiling scratch test. If you really want to get an opinion on it, I just was on one of these calls, have a, you know, you can hire me to do a professional name review. I'll review up to 40 of your names. And they're really, they're really enlightening and eye-opening. And I encourage anybody to do one before you pull the trigger. Um, the Smile and Scratch Test can help you. But there's, there's, if you have a lot of names, you, you know, go for the name evaluation. Um, but yeah, do not ask people what they think. Um, the only time we, we do that is <clears throat> if, you're not in the target audience, so you're, you know, advertising to teenagers. Like, you don't know their latest slang. You want to make sure that, that, and not, don't ask, what do you think of this name? Does this name, you know, what does this name mean to you? Or, do, you know, you just want to you know, check the Urban Dictionary, right? That's a, a hotbed of, of slang. A lot of it's super sexual and gross. Um, but you know, the way I use the urban dictionary is if there's a, a lot, you know, if there's 500 or more thumbs up to something, that means it's probably in the lexicon of teens. But if there's not a lot of people that commented on it, then we just go for it. And all these dictionaries that you're recommending, are they all online? People yeah. can just type in your urban yeah. dictionary and then just sort yeah. of do the search. Yeah. Yep. So much. Yeah. Okay. So look, um, rebranding is a big deal for people out there listening. And it happens a lot. People talk, well, we need a facelift. The company needs something more. It uh, needs some juice. Or there's somebody very similar to us out there that's stealing part of our audience because they have a very close and they're in the same business, right? It's not, yeah. it, it, they're in the same. Lots of people think that they need to rebrand and it happens a lot. What are some of the pros and cons of rebranding? Well, to me, the only con is that, you know, you're going to have to pay for new materials, <clears throat> but we have renamed two businesses that are more than a hundred years old. And so it's never too late to change your name. Uh, the great thing now about rebranding, changing your name compared to the old days, <clears throat> you know, in the old days, you know, how would you let your customers know? There was no internet. There was no email. 
And now you rebrand, you do a redirect of your website from your old name to your new name. So it's really seamless. People don't even notice until they get to the new site. You send out emails to your customers. It's a great reason to get back in touch with everybody you ever work for um, and tell the story of why you're changing your name. Um, you do, you know, social media. It's just really easy now for somebody to find you and yeah. for you to get your story out there. And it's it doesn't cost anything, right? Unless you're doing advertising, um, you know, and you're paying for, you know, people subscribe to like MailChimp, so it's no extra to send out an email to let people know. But yeah, I, I recommend rebranding if like the one of the ones we did for one of the hundred year old companies was a bank and it was named first national bank of Syracuse, but it was in Syracuse, Kansas, not Syracuse, <laughs> New, York. New York. So yeah, yeah. And it just sounded like every other first national bank. So they were really a Maverick bank. They wanted a Maverick name. The first naming agency they hired wanted to name the Maverick bank. And when I talked to them, because they needed someone they knew said, Hey, call Alexandra, just check in. And I said, look, nobody wants a bank to be a maverick with their money. You want your bank to be a safe place to park your money. You're getting a modicum of interest, but it's safe, right? FDI, FDIC insured. Maverick, who you want to be a maverick with your money is your stockbroker. That's right. investing, you know, or like, investing in nfts and and crypto that's a maverick thing to do but not a bank banks are safe so we we they were all about making dreams come true they were an agriculture company they funded a lot of farms they helped people buy really expensive farm equipment they had served generations of, of families so we rebranded them dream first oh, and that's very yeah. cool thank you that's Thank a good you. name. Then that the National Bank of Syracuse became Dream First. Yeah, First National Bank of Syracuse became Dream First. So they kept the first. But yeah. yeah. Well, I'm sure they were happy with that one because Yeah, that yeah, yeah. And I'll tell you, that was a tough one because there's most of the people at the bank had been there for like 25 years or more. And so, you know, there's people get emotionally attached to names, but yeah, everybody loved the new names, and that happened with the healthcare company, uh, healthcare uh, chain of healthcare service service uh, centers that we named, um, they were called Queens Care, and they had had that name for a hundred years or more. Um, everybody was attached to the name. They were forced to change it, and they didn't want to change it. And that's always really hard for us because, you know, here they are. They're so attached, and like anything we present with them, it's not going to hold a candle to the old name. But we gave them a name that they love, and it's Grace Light because it's it's a faith based uh, health healthcare centers, right. uh, and so Grace Light it's a really pretty name. Yeah, Grace Light Health Centers. Yeah. Question for you on those old names. You know, you look at um, like Ray Kroc bought bought McDonald's or the franchise, yeah. right? And you know, McDonald's brothers and ranch. Uh, and San Bernardino started it, and then, you know, he got in there, and the, the brand grew and grew and grew. Things like that, or Apple, or others, you haven't seen, and I don't think they ever would change it, but I have seen taglines change. 
Yeah, you want to talk a little bit about the tagline and how important it is yeah, to identify? Yeah, taglines can change. Like, um, <clears throat> for the longest time, uh, fast signs had the tagline more than fast, more than signs. They clearly outgrew their name and should have changed it. And I saw they finally did change their name. But, yeah, if you have an iconic tagline like Nike, just do it. They're never going to change it. But right. Yeah, you can change your tagline as your business evolves. It's perfectly fine to change your tagline. And your tagline should play off the name. So uh, our tagline is fresh names and taglines that stick. And um, our fresh lines and taglines to go, I think is what I change it to. But yeah, tagline, it's important. It can elevate your name. And it really helps if you have a name that your tagline can play off of. So, for instance, um, we, we worked on with Oregon Hazelnuts, and their tagline that I did is indulgence in a nutshell. Uh, so, yeah. Indulgence that, in a nutshell. That's a good one. That's yeah. really good. Or the Church of Cupcakes, their tagline is worshipers welcome. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. You, you, I love yeah. those taglines. And I know a tagline, when you get a really cool name, and you want it to connect with that tagline, meaning, you know, it's a tagline. The tagline can be really, really important. And some of the ones you just shared with me are really cool. And there's thousands and thousands of others. So I'm going to direct my uh, listeners to go to your website, eatmywords.com, because that's where you're going to find more about the free mini classes in the course, the book, the services, and her portfolio. Um, so... In wrapping this interview up, if you were to leave our listeners with three key points from your book, what would they be and how can they put these ideas in place, uh, either during a rebranding or with a new name? What three things would you want to leave them with? Um, definitely <clears throat> look at the scratch part of the chest of all the things that you don't want your name. You don't want it to be spelling challenge hard to pronounce, like those are the two really big ones. So make sure, take the take the free test and you'll go through Scratch. Um, the other thing is, yeah, don't start at GoDaddy looking for a name. Just worry about your domain name later. A great place to brainstorm domain names is called namestudio.com. And then the other thing is, Re think of your name, like your name is going to last longer than any other investment you make in your business. Think how long you've had your own first and last name, how many times you've used it, you've written it, you've said it, other people have written it and said it. And think about your brand name the same way. And when you're starting out with a clean slate, like if your name has any difficulty, like Greg, your last name is hard for people to pronounce and spell. So when you're naming a brand, like why would you want to give your brand the same disadvantages? So when you're starting out with a clean slate, don't give your name any disadvantages and keep in mind that your name is going to last forever. So make it good and, and make it a name that you love. It's interesting you say that because a long time ago when I was in the financial services industry, my last name is Voisin. It's actually pronounced if you're French, Voisin, but in here it's voice in. And I actually put a hyphen in between voice and in, V-O-I hyphen I, and I put, I'm your voice in your financial future. 
Oh, I like so, that. That's good. So, so in other words, I just put voice hyphen I N and it, you know, it, it worked. I used it for a long time. I think people remembered it. The thing was, is it's real easy to remember when you do something like that, if you do have a hard last name. Oh, absolutely. I always tell people and I ask people that have difficult names, like, how do you get people to remember that? Remember it. Um, so, yeah, if you do have a difficult first or last name, give people an easy way to re to remember it. Right. Um, yeah. Yeah. Very cool. Well, great advice for our listeners and for all of our listeners. Please go out and get a copy of this book. You will have a link to Amazon. We'll also have a link to our website where you could you can learn more about the book as well. She's got a button at her website. Let's talk. Do reach out uh, to Alexandra and talk to her because she's really got some great ideas. She will get back to you. Um, she's interested in helping you create an, an, another new brand and name for yourself that is memorable, um, that it, you're not going to scratch your head when you, when, when you look at it. Um, so if it, if it has the, as you said, the attributes of the smile and scratch test, which is in the book, uh, when you buy this book, that's one of the tools that you get. That's the best way to go. Any parting words? Um, yeah, I'm just going to tell everybody my favorite name ever is a bike pump named Joe Blow. Oh, there, that's a good one. Was that one you named? No, unfortunately no. not. <laughs> but it is a good one. Joe yeah. Blow, that is a good one. Most certainly. Yeah. Well, it's been a pleasure having you on Inside Personal Growth and spending a few minutes with our listeners, giving them an idea and talking about your new book, Hello, My Name is Awesome and how to create brand names that stick, and actually how to use the smile and scratch test. Uh, that was a really good, really good advice. Thank you, Alexandra, for being on our show and spending some time with me uh, so that the rest of the listeners can learn more about you and your website, which is eatmywords.com. Namaste Thanks, to you. Greg. Thank you. Bye. Bye. Thank you for listening to this podcast on Inside Personal Growth. We appreciate your support. And for more information about new podcasts, please go to InsidePersonalGrowth.com or any of your favorite channels to listen to our podcast. Thanks again and have a wonderful day.